When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of True Crimes Against Wine. Sidebar edition. Yes. So I am told that I have a question for me today. Yes. So this question comes from Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Hey. Who wants to know what's the history of wine? Like who first started making it, drinking it, how do we know, all of that stuff. That's a really fun question. I'm going to kind of approach it from two different ways here. I will talk about who first started dabbling in wine. Okay. But I think it's also important to realize that we can't have a Eurocentric lens when it comes to this. Yeah. So there's some discrepancies in what you might read if you were to do like a basic Google search or something like okay. that. Okay. Okay. But it's because I'm trying to be inclusive of cultures that were removed from that Euro kind of sure. thing. Also, just because maybe a certain culture wasn't the very first one to start doing wine, if they're in this isolated area mm-hmm. and they're the first ones in that area to do it. That's significant. That's huge. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So the first thing is that it's really interesting. Anthropologists have actually figured out that basically for as long as humans have been humaning, mm-hmm. we've been finding ways to get tipsy. Yep. So <laughs> that would have been like the one thing I would have done as like an ancient human. Like this sucks. This sucks. There's like woolly mammoths everywhere. I'm getting right. stepped on. Yeah. I eat this weird piece of fruit. Oh, I feel funky. Yeah. So basically oh, yeah. that's what was happening. <laughs> okay. So people getting drunk actually predates agriculture mm. and they would just climb up into the trees or, you know, find the vines with the berries. Mm-hmm. And they figured out that if they waited for them to be a little bit rotten, they would ferment and you could get your happy on. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really funny. However, once we did move into being more of a social species Mm -hmm. and began agriculture, one of the first things that we started doing was cultivating things in order to get drunk. Again, obviously. Obviously. So I would like to ask you where you think wine was first invented. Uh, I, I have no idea. I mean, obviously there are references to wine in ancient documents. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously like the Bible with Jesus turning water into wine. So like clearly that's something that had been going on at least in like the Middle East for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And even back into like some Greek stories too, of like, you know, Dionysus is the God of wine. So clearly that had been established. Right. So I would think maybe like Mediterranean-ish. That is a super solid guess. Okay. However, you're wrong. Take a drink. Okay, fine. (laughs) China. Oh. Them, Them Chinese people. Okay. Always, always ahead of the curve. Yeah, gunpowder and wine, all you need. Right? I mean, that's a very volatile mix. I would, <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not recommend, however, sounds fun. So back around 9 to 10,000 BC. Wow, okay. Isn't that in, like wild? So much older yeah. than I would have thought. Now, it is very important to note the reason that you're not going to see that if you do a basic Google search mm-hmm. is because a lot of, even though anthropologists agree that, yes, China did this. Food anthropologists Mm. don't always consider it to be in the same category because it's a different, like, grape genus. I think it's genus. So Vitis vinifera is the grape that's been around since ancient times that 
we use to make wine. And okay. that that has many different types of grapes within that, you know, Cabernet Sauvignons sure. and like all of that. This was something completely different that okay. was just native to that area. So okay. a lot of people don't really, like I said, count it. I think it should count because it is what's native to their area. And like, and it's a grape based wine. Exactly. And they are actually starting to go back to the basics because Ooh. yeah, I, I, we've talked about trying Asian wine before. Yeah. So obviously I want to see what they're doing with the varietals that we're a little bit more accustomed to, mm-hmm. but how cool would it be to have this ancient, ancient varietal yeah. done in this really cool way? Yeah, that's fascinating. So then when you move out of that into more of that Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, and European sort Mm -hmm. of area, that's when you start to see the different civilizations Mm -hmm. a little bit closer together discovering things. In terms of that and using Vitis vinifera, the oldest known society was in the country of Georgia. Oh. And that's from about 6,000 BC. So still really, really old, right? You know, I wouldn't have guessed Georgia just because I tend to think of it as having a colder climate. It's very varied. It has really, really fertile valleys and areas. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, when you start thinking about wine being produced in volume Mm -hmm. and becoming an actual, rather than just a, a cultural... You know, you're you're growing it for yourself to imbibe, sure. but a commercial endeavor as okay. well. We're looking at Armenia okay. in 5000 BC. And cool. it's around 5000 BC that you have the oldest known winery and it was in a cave. Oh, okay. Yeah, which makes sense because you're also in a climate controlled right, area. Right, the temperature mm-hmm. is steadier. And interestingly enough, that same cave is where archaeologists have found the oldest known shoe. Oh. Yeah, and it's like perfectly preserved. It's leather and yeah, I thought That's that was cool, really yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. Now was it some guy got drunk and like he kicked off a shoe and he couldn't find it again? <laughs> or was he kicking off his shoe so that he could go stomp the grapes? Like what Who was knows? going on? Because yeah. I'm sure that that's what they were using if oh, it's in probably, volume. Yeah. 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 Now in Georgia, kind of mm-hmm. to backtrack a little bit, they used a really specific method to make the wine where they would put all of the grapes and the grape juice and everything into these clay pots mm. and then bury them in the ground with just the lids exposed. Oh, cool. And okay. that was how they did the fermentation process. That's probably temperature controlled exactly. as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting because the country of Georgia is also having a resurgence of this pride of culture. Mm, mm-hmm. And so a lot of wineries there are going back to that ancient method because it's tried and true and it works and Ooh. it's cheaper, you know, than having all of this like crazy technology. We you should have to try bring in. some of that. I think okay. it sounds so yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's got to affect the flavor of the wine. Oh, yeah. We talked about the Mm -hmm. different container styles Mm -hmm. and how that can do things. Now, after those, you've got around 4100 BC Mm -hmm. in Persia. Okay. And so, again, all of these places were very isolated from each other at this Mm -hmm. time. So each one of these is a very significant discovery to that particular culture and civilization. Sure, because traveling, you know, obviously would have been very difficult. So it's not like somebody was like... Hey, I was in this place, right. you know, thousands of miles away and saw right. this. Let's do I'm it. I'm sure they didn't even know the existence right. of each other right. at this point. Persia is interesting to me because it's around this time that you really start to get mythology yeah. mixing into the history. So it's very difficult to be able to separate the truth from mm-hmm. the, sure. the myth at this right. point. But there are two really fun myths that are very similar, but kind of take a, a little bit of a branching from each other about the discovery of wine there that I like to share. Both of them involve a mythological Persian king. Mm. And this king had a concubine, his harem. Mm -hmm. And so the first myth 
just states that the king was displeased with one of his concubines. Mm -hmm. So he banished her from his harem and his palace, Mm -hmm. and she had to leave. She was so despondent that she decided the only way out was to kill herself. Mm. So she found in, like, her her parents' cellar or something a bottle marked poison, Mm. and she drank it, but it was actually just rotten fruit. Mm. And so made her drunk. Okay. And she kind of forgot her troubles for a little while. Just beginning to have a bottle of wine after a breakup. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and so the next day she took it to the king to show him and uh-huh. he was so delighted that he brought her back into the <laughs> all harem. Always forgiven. Yeah, always forgiven. And then he demanded that all of the grapes grown in the kingdom Mm. be devoted to winemaking. Mm, okay. The other one's very similar. It still involves that same king mm-hmm. and a concubine. Mm-hmm. But this one, she was a young woman and her parents married her off to this king. Mm-hmm. She did not want to be in this marriage. She cried through the whole wedding. Mm-hmm. And then she decided before their wedding night, because she didn't want to sleep with him, mm-hmm. to kill herself. Okay. And so she made a special elixir of rotten grapes. Okay. And drank that. Mm-hmm. But then... Turns out it kind of like loosened her up, got her a little giggly. She didn't care. She consented to sleep with him. They had sex. Everything was great. Now, the next morning Mm. in the sober light of day, Mm. things were not so good anymore. And she spent the entire day crying. Okay. That night, the king comes in. She drinks the special elixir, knowing this time this is going to make this a lot easier. Okay. Sleeps with them. Repeats the same process the next day. Now, the king's looking at her going, what is happening right now with all of this? So on the morning after the third night, he orders her to come to his throne room Mm -hmm. and demands that she tell him what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so she shows him the elixir. Mm. He's so impressed with it Mm. that he elevates her from concubine to queen. Damn, girl. Yeah. And demands that all of the grapes grown in the kingdom be devoted to winemaking. Okay. So that all of the husbands in the kingdom can have as happy a marriage as he now has. Okay. Again, beginning the tradition of having like drunk goggles on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll sleep with that person. Why yep. not? Slightly problematic, but entertaining. Yes. Both interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, at that point, all of these other cultures that are discovering wine begin Mm -hmm. to start their own mythologies as well. Sure. Most notably, I think what you brought up with Greece Mm -hmm. and Dionysus being a mortal Mm -hmm. who introduces wine to his fellow townspeople and the gods are so pleased with him that they elevate him to God status and give him his own cult. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's a very, very brief just kind of toe in the water for the history of the origins of wine. Again, I do think it's really important when we have these conversations to explore a number of different cultures because everyone's got their own sort of thing. And of course, now, right now we're just talking about wine. We're not even getting into like other meads and beers and liquors and things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, South America and Mexico, Central America, they don't seem to, their indigenous people have wine, Mm -hmm. but they definitely had their own version of alcoholic drinks. Every civilization has that. So that would be a cool future sidebar. That would be really fun. Yeah. We could talk about all the different ways that ancient people love to get drunk. I love that that has remained so consistent Mm -hmm. (laughs) across humanity for tens of thousands of years. A ubiquitous trait. (laughs) Yeah. We'd love to get our drink on. People love to drink. Well, (laughs) Alicia, thank you for your question. Yes, thank you. 
And if anybody else has future questions, let us know. Absolutely. You can contact us at True Crimes Against Wine through Gmail, also TikTok. Instagram and Facebook. Yep. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll send you a sticker. We sure will. Yes. Until next time. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye.